Hello, and welcome to The Spiel of Time, a spoiler-free podcast discussing Robert Jordan's fantasy epic series, The Wheel of Time. Each episode, Chris, a first-time reader, and Tom, a series veteran, read one or two chapters and sit down to examine them a little deeper. We'll sit here and melt and talk about all the way on time. Oh like my it. god. It's like, I mean, is it the hottest day of the year? I mean, don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Depends right. if we have any hot ones. You, you're in a very annoying mood. <laughs> is this. I mean, I've told you fine. If you just stop so saying. If, if you stop saying stupid things, then no. I wouldn't have to pick I one of them. I felt like I didn't have to fucking answer so far. <laughs> <laughs> you being deliberately facetious. Is it the hottest day of the year so far? I don't know, my fucking time is. It's pretty hot. You're you not reading the news? It's the first day of summer, isn't it? I know that. Is it? I think so. 22nd of June. But M- maybe it was yesterday. I, don't I was going to say, I feel like it was 21st. I can't remember. It's a general rule. I learned this off SpongeBob like 20 years ago. I can't remember. That's funny. What's mad though is we're doing this on the 21st of June, but we're not actually going to release it for two more weeks. You were dating myself. We're dating ourselves. Only person you can get a date with. Again. <laughs> I, I hope these jokes get better because this is abysmal. That was, I, know, I, was like, I was pretty happy with that one, to be fair. Well, you would be. Yeah, you used to be making shit jokes. Half of the class, for you. That was like a step above, I thought. No, it wasn't. It, I mean, it, it's functioned as a joke. As intended. It was funny and insulting. Please let us know. <laughs> we need to stop bringing for like a little victory sip two and a half hours before we record this this is this is when we hit our stride um, I'd say it's when we're funniest but you know keep giving us evidence to the country <laughs> okay be a bit rude now <laughs> uh, yeah so it's a hot day where we're at it's very hot but again it's probably not hot for a lot of people, but, no, but we're British, we, so... Yeah, we're n- north of England British <laughs> as well. Um, and we've had to like shut all of the windows to avoid car traffic. <laughs> yeah, bit of traffic noise. Um, Suffering for our art. We're in a tiny say. little room. And all the doors... All, all the doors. One door is shut, but... <laughs> the only door. Sacrifice not a comfort for sound quality, you know. It'll probably still be terrible. It's, yeah, it'll be... Well, I'll start fucking tapping on the fucking microphone. <laughs> yeah, you just, point. you'll slap it at some point. <laughs> I'll slap it, yeah. yeah. Oops. I'll, I'll start leaning into the mic and it'll just get dead fucking loud all of a sudden. Yeah. We, um, we can deal with it, we can deal with but it. Yeah, so, it's like, so it's around the summer equinox. We are hotter than we've ever been. We're living in the pits, pits of hell. The pits of hell. <laughs> and... We're about to do a podcast. Yeah. So, Tom, what is this podcast about? Uh, the oh, what in general? Yeah, what's our oh, general topic? Our podcast is called the Spiel of Time. I mean, not that. Bit, a Wheel mean. of Time <laughs> yeah, podcast. I, mean, I, I hope people know that by now. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the reminder. <laughs> yeah, actually, do, you, do you want to know the the, the chapter? Summary? What chapter are we on, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Can we have a summary? Uh, Fucking hell! I don't look. You changed up the system, mate. Well, you tell me what the chapter is and then ask for a summary. I'm, I'm waiting for my carer's allowance. Fucking carer's allowance. Chapter 25, The Traveling People. Yep. Uh, 
Um, I haven't written a summary down because I've just been wow, <laughs> been pretty cool lately. Just doing professionalism, cool, cool things. It. I was doing like kick flips in the car park. <laughs> and, oh, Should we yeah. talk about what you actually did today? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's uh, let's move on. Um, no, we can talk about it if you want. You did some light outdoor exercise and managed to injure yourself. Yeah, I am. Um, it was a bit of a comedy of errors, to be fair. Sort of, I, I lifted my leg up to scratch my ankle and then uh, almost fell over, slammed my foot down on the tree root that then almost tripped me over, and now I've got a bad ankle. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So you're a regular Elias. <laughs> <laughs> a qualified woodsman. Yeah, bear grills. Basically, like it took a I was about brief step into nature and that's it, almost I, killed yourself. I was, I'd been in there maybe fifteen minutes, and I was this close to like wringing out camel poo from a drink of water. So I feel like that's a very niche British reference. Bear grills. Is that British? Bear grills. Yeah. Yeah, he's British, isn't he? No way. What do you mean, no way? He's British? Yeah. He's far too hardcore to be British. He can't survive a day without he's a cup British. of tea. He's, the, he's also the leader of the scouts, mate. He's like, <laughs> what, what, like, he's like I, chief scout. What do you mean leader? Did he like get promoted or is he like honorary? Yeah, like I think he's like maybe like spokesperson. Ah, right. Like a spokesperson type role. But he's right. like chief scout or head scout or whatever you call it. So that's just market. Yeah, but well, he's British. He's not like the best. I, I can't believe you know he was British. I still don't really believe it, but I'll trust you. But he's, he talks. He like he's posh British. Like that's how he talks. That means nothing. That means nothing. Yeah, I'm generally shocked by that. Yeah. No, anyway, okay. should we talk about this instead of your? I, mean, I feel like Bear Grylls is quite an appropriate segue <laughs> into the old traveling people. I could, to be I could, I could that would be a good cast, wouldn't it? Yeah, we should have done that. Bear Grylls. <laughs> yeah, hindsight's a fucking wonderful thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should start planning a bit more than just reading a chapter together. <laughs> yeah, right, let's 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 only hear your uh, improvised summary. Uh, right, okay, we're back with um, Egwene, Perrin, and Elias, and some wolves. Bella. All right, all right, okay, fuck it. I'll tell you a horse fantasy. We're back with them, and they are travelling, and they come across some travelling people, and. I mean, that's really it. <laughs> you really need to write this down in the future. <laughs> that was fucking awful. I feel like this is why I didn't write it down. Well, you, you tried something new. Anyway. <laughs> Go back to... Don't do it again. To the, to the uh, regular programming next week. Yeah. yeah. So, we, yeah, we start off our little team, don't we? Yeah. Um, I haven't really got much for this bit. Well, Elias has sort of said he's going to show them the way, hasn't he? Yes, so, and I mean, I guess we just get a lot of wolf stuff. Yeah, they're still travelling, but they've got a bit of a direction now, and yeah, Perrin's uh, sort of feeling out his ability, isn't he? Yeah, correct. Tell me more. I prefer if, you tell, <laughs> you, if, if you tell me more, I think that's... <laughs> that's our usual way. <laughs> um, yeah, so the rest of the pack was far distance. He could have told her that. So Gwen's looking around uh, scared, and so is Bella, um, waiting for these wolves to like crop up. But Perrin's senses are sort of kicking in. Yeah, I think she, so. she's having sort of a normal reaction. She, like, oh yeah, I would agree. Being surrounded by these huge wolves, but you know, yeah, no, I usually have a little bit of a go in here, but there's not, there's not here uh, yet. Yes. <laughs> give it time. Give it time. Don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> she is an absolute <laughs> in a bit, but we'll get to it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so he's sort of, um, yeah, like, you know, one of your catchphrases. He's absolutely getting the vibe about where the wolves are. Yeah, it's, he's, he's still not comfortable with it, is he? But he he knows things that he shouldn't be able to know, so he can't really argue at this point. It it, it sort of, it feels like it's like a dormant um, ability. So he's just sort of like accepting it as fact, but then when he sort of actually thinks about it, it's like, oh, this is a bit weird. Why do I know this? Do you know, like not a dormant ability because he's using it, but like a passive ability, like it just happens. Yeah, he's not. He's, to... not he's not trying. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then when he thinks about why he knows this sort of thing, then he starts like doing like cartwheels in his stomach, like, oh, why do I know this? Yes. That sort of thing. So Elias says that the the packs around, they're close enough to help. Yeah. But far enough to avoid trouble. Yeah. Basically. Um. That's a little bit more wolf stuff in it. Did you did you get this bit where they're having a meal? Did you get some of the language used? Oh, having a meal. Mm, 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 mm. No, I don't. So they're eating a rabbit, and it's, it's just I think it's quite interesting to look at the language because it says uh, something tickled the back of Perrin's mind as he ripped free a bite of roast rabbit, and it talks about hot juices in his mouth, and it's just very I don't know. It's very yeah yeah. I don't know if you caught that. No, I did not. I feel like you've maybe jumped a little bit. No, it's right. It's right after. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Do apologise. It's just it's just a strange way to talk about eating, isn't it? Like we haven't seen that so far. No, no. I think yeah, it might, I think it might be in, think so, might be intentional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of um, indicating a maybe mindset change for him, isn't it? Um, it's quite a funny scene next. Time, I think. Egwene trying to get everybody to ride the horse. Yeah. Perrin is already whipped. Yeah, Perrin's already, <laughs> Perrin's already been bullied into this. But. Uh, is it, now he's, now the, I guess the question is whether uh, Elias can be bullied into it. Um, and he, she sort of, he says no, she forces it a bit and he goes, I said no, girl. And then he gets a bit intimidating, doesn't he? Yeah, he, tends, he, he, he just stares at her, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. He just, there's nothing he's nothing more overt than that. But He's just looking with those yellow wolf eyes. <laughs> yeah, just standard. Yeah. But she's uh, she's not going to have any, any luck bullying Elias the way she did. No, then. definitely not. Um, well, we just get a little bit more wolf stuff. But I tell you what I've got here. Yeah? Like, it feels like his power's turned on all of a sudden. I call it a power. But you know what yeah, I mean? I it's, 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 it's inherent just, ability. It's, like, a, it's a good word, then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because he's not really had any. Obviously, we haven't had that much to do from Perrin's point of view, so like that's maybe a factor. However, it feels like it's a surprise to him that he can suddenly tell what wolves are doing, and it's like there's been concerns previously within the two rivers about like wolves and bears coming and like bringing the livestock, and he sort of. It's not like, oh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, do you remember when Nynaeve got told that she had the, could hold the power and she and they could say, like, oh, you've always been able to do it because yeah. do you remember back when, oh, there'll be somebody that you've healed that you've got a connection with, blah, 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 all that shit. Like, that isn't the case with Perrin. It's not, he's not like thinking, he's not being told that he can communicate with wolves and then he's like, oh, yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I, I made it outside the farmhouse that time when the sheep were about to get fucking ransacked by wolves, but I, I knew something was happening, so I was out there. Do you know what I mean? It, it just yeah. feels like it's completely blindsided him. I suppose we didn't have many, well, we didn't have any point of view chapters from Perrin early on in the book to sort of 
have a slow progression, maybe, but like, no, but he's he's not familiar with it, is he? Like, but we didn't not, have that with Nine either. No, she is familiar. He hasn't he hasn't mentioned anything like, oh, this feels like when I yeah such and such yeah yeah. I mean, it's it's not been quite the same sort of uh, a situation as when Nine was like revealed to have had the power, um, but it, you know, you'd sort of think, oh yeah, I do remember always having a sort of connection with or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it could just be that where he is, it's just never been. Yeah, it does seem very sudden, doesn't it? It's yeah. sort of like he's gone from nothing to he's now just, I can do this. He's yeah. been told he can and then he can. Yeah. And and now it's on all the time. Yeah. That, that's. Uh, I suppose activated is a good word, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. But what's activated? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's my main thing um, from this sort of little bit. But then a little bit further on, and I guess it kind of ties in. He says he had not dreamed about Balzamon since meeting Elias and the Wolves. And Tom's nodding, so I know I've come up with a good fucking point here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and it's like, we know from the last chapter that Matt and Rand are still having dreams. Yes. And we've got to imagine it's a fairly concurrent sort of situation. Like that this yeah, is It happening. seems to like that way in the past, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. yeah. And, and like, I, I imagine... As there's been no sort of explanation, like for a, a a big passage of time, this is happening almost simultaneous with the boat trip down the river. Yeah. Um. So he's not having any dreams anymore, but the, we know that Rand and Matt have just had a dream. Um. And obviously, this is coinciding with him, sort of activating his wolfy powers. So. Um. It's is it's sort of like, from my point of view, does that mean like Balzaman's not looking for him now? Because that's not some, do you know, that now he's sort of revealed himself to be a wolfy boy. Yeah, I don't know if you look any further in that little section you pulled that out of. Go on. But um, he says it's normal dreams, but with one addition. Yes. Oh, yes. Sorry, I've got yes. this here as well. Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> this is my next point. I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought me up on this one. Um, so there's always a wolf close to hand. Always the wolf's back to to him, and always he knew. Um, the wolf's eyes. The wolf's yellow eyes were watching for what might come, guarding against what might come. So it's like the wolves are now in his dream, keeping Balsamon oh, at bay. Right. Yes, that's right. So not that he's not looking for him, but now he's got protection in his dreams. So is that sort of a... I suppose, if we're following that line of thought, is that sort of a thing that the, the wolves are doing, or is that like a, another ability activating sort of thing? Like, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I kind I of think get like, your thoughts on it. Like, I suppose is that... Is that Perrin doing this, or is that sort of actual wolves in his dreams, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, all right, okay, I see. I'm with you. Is he sort of dream sharing with a wolf, or is he is his ability to communicate with wolves giving him like an extra protection yeah. in his dreams, like a in it, like a, but it's like in his own mind. I don't know. Actually, that's an interesting point. Um, I, I appreciate I've just sort of blindsided you with that and like but have you got like an initial opinion? If I was put on the spot which I absolutely am yeah which <laughs> I'm currently doing yeah, then um, I guess I would say that they are an outside force the wolves I, th- I sort of get a feeling that they're not from him okay but as to how that would work and all the rest of it, I've got no idea. It's just nice to get your feelings on things as we go through. So you think this is the wolves doing this? Yeah. Right. But because of his inherent ability. Okay. 
like, and not because the wolves are just like we are good guys that are looking out for him, <laughs> but because because of who he is to them. Right. A wolf talker, a wolf brother. So they've sort of perhaps. taken him in almost. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yes. Uh, we get, uh, uh, there's, there's a little bit that says like he's still not happy about it though, is he? No. He's uh, he said they're eating far better, but he'd he'd go back on short rations if he meant they'd have different company. Mm-hmm. So he's still not really feeling it. No, but he's just found out something new about himself. It's a pretty big revelation about himself, isn't it? So you yeah, can... that that he sort of knows to be true, but doesn't want to believe to yeah. be true. Like in his heart, hearts, he knows it's true. He just want to believe it. He's also with some weird fucking guy. Yeah, and you know, also he spent his entire life growing up like trained—not trained, but I guess kind of—but like to want to be scared of wolves. Well, so yeah, he's got yeah, all that fighting sort of again. He's got are, all that fighting inside of him. Yeah, they're a threat to his sort of villages, like existence, doesn't it? Really, like, I, and I guess it's a fair point what you bring up because I brought it up before with Rand and Moraine. It's similar, isn't it? That like, he spent his whole life being told that the Aes Sedai are only in it for themselves. So, you know, they'll kill boys with the power and all the rest of it. But she's helpful to him. Yeah. But he, you know, every now and again, it's like she does so much for him, and then he sort of doesn't really always show that sort of gratitude that I, I sort of feel he should show he's yeah. still wary of it but it's because he's had like a lifetime of upbringing telling him watch out for the eyes to die and it's very similar here in that you know Perrin's eating better than he has done when when he was on his own because because of the wolves and they help him but also like at what cost and yeah, he spent his whole life being told like watch out for wolves we're looking at this from sort of fresh eyes aren't we like, yeah if we, we I don't know about you, but it'd be like, oh, that's a cool power. Like, but if if we've had a whole lifetime being told that wolves are a threat, yeah, like it, it would be a lot harder to take. Wouldn't it? Yeah, but also like you know, he's grown up in some little tiny village where there's no TVs. Like we've grown up watching, like, yeah, watching Harry Potter and um, for something else with magical superhero films. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thinking like, oh, would it be cool if you had that power? Yeah, or, or whatever. And he's not probably never really had that kind of. Uh, a thing so like we are already more like open to it well even from sort of the early chapters it was it like anything different was like dark yeah. wasn't it like yeah it was from the dark like any any sort of anything different to the just norm. being normal yeah. yeah absolutely um so yeah i think that sort of covers that it covers the initial section doesn't it yeah and then three mastiffs burst from <laughs> mastiffs <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, wow, I was hoping you were going to comment on that. <laughs> oh, I definitely am. Three Mastiffs. I was putting an accent on. <laughs> one of my famous accents, I do them all the time. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> got, got the Jamaican one when uh, Bale Dorman talks. The less about that, the better. I think. <laughs> we <Yeah>. cancelled. <laughs> yeah, we do it three Mastiffs. Burst <laughs> from cover. Yeah, and they just well, even if you're not them, it's going to describe enough for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they're just big dogs, broad-muzzled dogs as tall as the wolves and even heavier teeth, bared in loud, rumbling snarls. Yeah, that's what I've ever seen a mastiff. Like, uh, like, uh, like a bull mastiff. Is that? Yeah. Is it like a pit bull? So no, it's, it's bigger. It's not bigger than a pit bull. It's. Uh, I'm not wrong here, but have you seen Terror and Hinge? Yes. That's a mastiff. No, it isn't. It's like they're, they're sort of big, broad heads. Let me Google it. I mean, I hope I'm not wrong here, because I'm the dog guy. I'm going to Google it. I'm a dog guy. Okay. 
weird, weird thing to hang your heart on. Of <laughs> well, the two of us, I'm, <laughs> I'm the dog guy. I'm trying to think of another famous the master. dog guy. In- an English mastiff? There's loads of different types. Oh, right, okay. There's massive from all so over the world. What was it called? Dog in that, that film? What type of dog is Hooch? See, I can't remember which one's which. <laughs> Hooch. Oh, is it Dog de Bordeaux? <laughs> I fucking knew it was the colour. Right, so it's, but it's the same sort of thing. It's big dog, broad head, lots of jowls going on. Yeah, so let me have a look at a Mastiff. English Mastiff. Oh, man, I get your vibe, though. Yeah, they're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, imagine. I'd say a Dog de Bordeaux is essentially a French Mastiff. Yeah, I would agree. Yes. Okay. You are the dog guy. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, so they're, sort of, they're, they're large dogs, but they've got massive heads, essentially. Yeah. Um, and parents want to, like, slingshot them in the ribs. <laughs> When you said slingshot, I got like a Bart Simpson vibe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's I, it's I, a different type of sling, but I get, I get what you mean, yeah. Is it not, is it, it's what you said, though, isn't it? A, a sling's like a. It's, it's, it's different than a slingshot, but yeah. I get, I get an image of like him with a, a cap on backwards and chew, <laughs> chewing gum. Is it not a slingshot? No, it, a, a slingshot's like. Sort of the a slingshot specifically the Y-shaped stick. Yes, with and the slings like what David did in David. Yeah, the slings like a, a sort of rope with a, a a piece to hold the stone like and just swing it around. Like yeah. a pocket in it, sort yes. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's gonna he's gonna essentially attack these dogs, isn't he? Yeah, um, and Elias tells him, <laughs> sorry, slingshot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elias tells him not to, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and the dogs also, and it sort of becomes apparent, uh, it sort of gets explained a bit later, but they, they do sort of just come up to them back and, and stop. Yes, they're not attacking. No. Um, and Elias does some fucking really weird thing, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I read this a couple of times to sort of get a visual of it, but he... He whistles and raises a finger, shoulder high. Yeah. See, I thought he was doing the finger in the mouth whistle. Oh right, no. But no, he said he raised his finger, but no. no he's just no, no. he's just whistling <laughs> and holding his finger up. Yeah, um, and it's high pitched, really high pitched, and gets higher and higher and higher, and does not end. Um, and the girls stop barking, and then they step back, whining and turning their heads as if they wanted to go, but were held, and their eyes remained locked to Elias's finger. And then he sort of lowers the whistle and his hand, and the dogs lay down, don't they? Yeah. So he's obviously he's obviously got some experience with these dogs. Yeah. Is, yeah. What did you think at this point? He was some sort of just like wild dog master, or what? yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, like you know, dogs kind of like wolves, like <laughs> some sort of like wheel of to do little. Just like, <laughs> well, no, like like I always felt like he was specifically like canine related, right? Okay, if you like, yeah, yeah, but. But, like, he has a big connection with wolves, but because of the similarities between, like, dogs and wolves, he has, like, a bit of a control over them. Right. But it appears that's not the case in there as we read on. No, he sort of, um... He just knows the trick to this. Yes, he just knows who they belong to. The dogs, essentially. Who's that? The travelling people. 
<laughs> known by <laughs> another name. <laughs> Tinkers. <laughs> and the third? Uh, the Travelling Tinkers. <laughs> <laughs> the Tuathan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tuathan. Oh, the Tuathan, yeah, sorry, I did miss that. I did miss that second A at the end. Yeah. Yeah, the Tuathan. It's, it's really awkwardly placed, sort of, a comma, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, some of these pronunciations anyway. Really <laughs> but we can get by with just calling Tinkers, can't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can. Um, and it seems like this is some of the two of us folk are aware of yeah, um, for a change yeah they um, they usually go to Taran Ferry don't they these people and they're quite good at mending things fucking Taran Ferry fucking they're on grandmothers in Taran Ferry <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah basically there's like there seems to be a bit of a belief that they're all thieves yeah and kidnappers Oh, Gwen says they don't want Bella stolen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, we haven't really got anything else actually, but yeah. <laughs> we don't want Bella stolen. <laughs> um, yeah, so it sounds like Gwen's got a bit of a um, maybe what, biased opinion of him. Yeah, it's definitely some prejudice, isn't there? Yeah, pre- thank you. Prejudice was absolutely what I was looking for. Um, and. Yeah, and then sort of Elias sort of pokes her a bit about that, doesn't he? Sort of like, oh yeah, steal anything, including infants, will there? Um, so he sort of seems to have a bit of a like. It seems a bit weird that statement, doesn't it? Until we find out later on what it's about. Yeah, but it's yeah, oh yeah, it does. But he, he his attitude, like he's how he spits spits it at. Like, yeah, it, it's like he is um, sympathetic towards the tinkers. Can we say? Yeah, think? yeah. He doesn't seem to have any sort of love for them, does he? But he's uh, yeah. He even says the tinkers make me sick sometimes. Yeah, yeah. They don't steal, but uh, yeah, like maybe they've been uh, done to, and he doesn't like. Yeah, they've got their problems, but um, they're not as bad as everybody makes them yeah. to be, sort of thing. Um, and their parents are just camping with them um, because he wants to find out about Mistress Luan's tinker mended pot that she claimed was better than you. Yeah, so it, well, obviously Perrin's got sort of a smithing background, doesn't he? So yeah. he's, he's curious. Yeah. Um, he wanted to see how it was done. He wanted to spend it like them, find out how to fix a pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Perrin meets a new culture and he's yeah. already interested in how you fix pots. Yeah, I mean, this is your, your what is it, precious little boy? He's, 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 he's just a professional curiosity. <laughs> what, what did you call him? Perfect, perfect boy, perfect boy. Perfect boy. That's what you call it. <laughs> well, you are just so stuck on hating <laughs> these characters that I've got to defend them. Look, I don't trust anybody. <laughs> we've we've got <cancelled. laughs> um, and yeah, so sort of uh, parents like, well, is there any reason why we shouldn't stay with them? Um, and uh, but Elias isn't like particularly forthcoming. Doesn't look. T- to be too thrilled to be going to hang out with the tinkers. Yeah, he, he, he basically, really yeah, like, just there's lots of foolishness he says, isn't there? Like, just don't pay too much attention. Yes, but it feels like he's hiding something, doesn't it? Um, and so that comes. We don't find out what he's hiding, but there's there's a bit later on where he's actively hiding hiding something. Yeah, um, and it's sort of yeah. It's sort of like, oh, I'll tell you now that what they speak is foolishness, so that what when they do say the truth, you won't believe it, and that'll ben- that'll benefit him. Okay, that's do you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. it's sort of like he's planting that seed, not 
right at the beginning before they even meet them. Yeah, it seems like quite a bit of sort of contempt for these people, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Um, so that we just we decide to stay with the thing, and then yeah, they go go there. Um, we get sort of an introductory description of them. We do. Um, bear with me. The camp was just what he expected. Their wagons were small houses on wheels, tall wooden boxes, lacquered and painted in bright colours, reds and blues and yellows and greens, and some hues to which he could not put a name. The travelling people going about work that was disappointingly every day, cooking, sewing, tending children, mending harness, but their clothes were even more colourful than the wagons and seemingly chosen at random. Sometimes caught in breeches or dressed in shawl went together in a way that hurt his eyes. They looked like butterflies in a field of wildflowers. Yes, I get the impression that, like, the two rivers seems to be a very greens and browns, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> Na- Yes, natural. Yeah. Um, just bear, bear with me. I've got a note here that I have no idea what it says. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. Something bigger than them. So it's a, there's a word that... <laughs> There's a word I can't read. That's a something. And this is bigger than them. I don't know what it means. What? That's a good note. Chris from six hours ago, <laughs> why did you write this? What did it mean? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm glad you stopped us for that. <laughs> well, I thought, you know, sometimes it's good to talk these things out. So usually I work it out. Something bigger. What's bigger than what? I don't get it. Bigger than them. Who's them? <laughs> Looks like Regent. Why would I say Regent bigger than them? I don't know. Why would you say that? <laughs> why, why, why? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> don't be so quick. It's like, let's, no, let's explore this for five, ten minutes and then we'll go back to it. <laughs> we, we, what, who could be the Regent? No, I'm only messing this move. <laughs> so they're very colourful. <laughs> <laughs> they're colourful people, yeah. I get almost circus vibes from these guys. I absolutely get circus yeah. vibes. Especially, um, it's been sort of briefly mentioned, like the kids running away with them. That sort of... When I first read this, it was like, do you remember like the old Disney Dumbo film? Yeah. That's exactly what I see. Like Loads of like different wagons with reds and greens and yellows, just all different colours. And... Yeah. No, I, yeah. And, but also like... Are you gonna go in, yeah, run off with a circus? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean, like, yeah, definitely. Like even that that sort of attitude that they have is, um, well, that sort. Of... Like, we get there's lots of people playing instruments and there's animals everywhere and I say animals, dogs. Dogs, but... yeah. Um, sorry, I keep getting sidetracked with what this note was supposed to. Be. <laughs> we need to leave that behind because it makes zero sense. <laughs> when I wrote that down, I bet it was something profound. And. I mean, going off past everything. <laughs> Maybe this was the one. <laughs> the one time you said something relevant. Yeah. Um, so then, the, uh, I think the next sort of note after being introduced to the camp is that the dogs are still all over Elias. Yeah. Um, the tongues are hanging out and looking up the bearded man as if he was their best friend. The one issue I have with this part, right? Go on. So it says about the dogs, they were still big enough to reach a man's throat while barely getting their front feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that can't be true. <laughs> How big would a dog have to be <laughs> to reach a, your throat? A man's throat. Like a great den. What's that? Like a great den size, I mean. Yeah, but it says... Um, while barely getting their front feet off the ground. Yes, yeah. That 
That's like a horse-sized dog. Yeah, but you've got to remember, this is like, throwback to last episode, medieval times. And... <laughs> Where are you going with this? People were smaller back in the day. <laughs> yeah, they're not four foot. <laughs> I just take a bit of issue with that. Are you taking issue with the fact that maybe in this fucking fantasy world where there's like fucking... I don't, think you, I don't think you understand that. dog might be a bit fucking bigger. That's what you take issue No, with. I understand they could be, but like, it's not a dog at that point. It's some, totally no, in different. this world, that's what a dog is. I don't believe it. It's big enough to reach a man's throat. Yeah, I fucking love I'm barely taking a front figure. I feel like we've taken opposite roles there. Like, usually, <laughs> usually I'm the one saying something outlandish and you're fucking arguing back. No, because I had this image in my head of like, oh, he's got these mastiffs, blah, blah, blah. And now they're just like, Enormous horse-sized dogs, but you can watch a guy turn into a fucking volcano. But you can't. <laughs> well, we're already That's not what happened. <laughs> that is like you can watch that and be like, oh yeah, that's cool, that's normal. And then all of a sudden, you got an issue with the fact that this dog's a bit larger than what you. A expect. bit larger. Yeah. <laughs> this is. Oh, <laughs> these are like double mastiffs. If they're that big. Double mastiff. Anyway, mastiffs. I feel like I've, 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 I just. <laughs> I don't know why I brought up that up, but it just, it just annoyed me. We've been hanging out with me for too long, I think. Like, you start going off on a tangent like that. Anyway, abruptly the music stopped. So all the thingers are sort of... Oh, yeah. I noticed the newcomers. Like you know, like, in... <laughs> is it the second chapter where the... Gleeman rocks up. Maybe the fourth chapter, but the Gleeman rocks up and... Rand's like starts shouting over the fucking <laughs> yeah. and everyone gets dead quiet it feels like in a film you know it's like everyone's playing it and then it's like that one discordant no and everybody stops yeah like in a western when you walk into a saloon and everybody like turns <laughs> yeah. and looks at one guy's spitting tobacco into a fucking pot when he sees you I suppose to be fair like as we go on like we see why this may be a worry for people do we? well that's what I, we will be jumping ahead if we talk about the way they leave now. Mm. Oh yeah, but I think looking back with that I mean, knowledge, yeah, like I guess, I guess seeing strange is probably walking in as an out. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about it from that point of view. Seeing strange is probably quite a worry because you you, have, you take it from parents' point of view and you walk in as an outsider and suddenly everybody's like fucking aware that you're kicking about, ready yeah. to do whatever you're gonna do. Um, but yeah, I guess from their point of view. Once we get into their philosophy. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a concern. Um, yeah. And we get a greeting next, don't we? It seems like a f- sort of ceremonial type greeting, I guess. Yes, not like a ritualistic sort of, yeah. Um, so there is a fella who has grey hair. He's, he bows to Elias. He has a high-coloured red coat, baggy bright green trousers... Uh, tucked into knee boots. Oh, it's a kinky little number. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got a different idea of knee boots to me, but okay. <laughs> well, what what height are you going for for the really kinky, like thigh high? I just mean, I feel like they're just regular boots a bit higher, like walking boots. Like knee high boots? Yeah. No, that's like a prostitute's boots. <laughs> <laughs> knee high. I mean, he's. Oh. Yeah, I, got, I got wellies mate and they don't go to my knees yeah these are just wellies made of cloth no they don't, my wellies don't go up to my knees <laughs> this is my uh, not far off yeah not far off and they yeah. go up to them <laughs> reminds me of a joke where you say knee length boots in a Jolly accent just means shoes <laughs> there's knee length 
That won't make sense. I haven't even heard that. That won't make sense to literally anybody outside the North East, but never mind. Knee length for their shoes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he says, so anyhow, he, he says to Elias, you are welcome to our fires, do you know the song? Um, he says, you're welcome, warms, this is Elias, so he yeah. says, you're welcome, warms my spirit, Mardi, as your fires warm the flesh, but I do not know the song. Then the uh, grey-haired man says, then we seek still, as it was, so shall it be, if we but remember, seek and find. And he invites him to join a meal with him. Yeah, that's sort of the end of the sort of greeting ceremony, isn't it? And- yeah. There's immediately random, isn't there? I mean, that whole bit feels religious. Yeah, in a way, doesn't it? It's, it? Again, is it just a sort of formal greeting, or is it something deeper? Well, I don't know. Do we go into it now, or do we go into it there? We go into what? The song. The song? I mean, go into it now, if you want, yeah. Um, so, their whole sort of philosophy on life, I guess, is like that they're looking for this song, but they don't know what it sounds like, and they lost it 3,000 years ago. Yeah, I suppose that's only just on the page, so we can read that out. Um, yeah. Um, they're looking for a song, this is Elias. Um, yeah. That's what the Mardi seeks. They say they lost it during the breaking of the world, and if they can find it again, the paradise of the Age of Legends will return. They don't even know what the song is. They claim they'll know it when they find it. They don't know how it's supposed to bring paradise either, but they've been looking near for 3,000 years ever since the breaking. I expect they'll be looking until the wheel stops turning. So it's, I suppose if it's 3,000 years looking for a song, it seems almost sort of myth at this point, doesn't it? Yes. Rather and than, they don't know what it sounds like. No, so even it's one of those where it's like, would you know it if you found it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just feels so like, and that's where it feels religious in the respect that it's like, yes, blind faith, I guess. So like dogmatic sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's more of a entrenched tradition rather than an actual search. Yeah, plus that whole the just the whole back and forth speech reminds me of uh, Handmaid's Tale. You seen Handmaid's Tale? I have not. Oh, well, that's like. Um, I, I get the premise. Yeah, yeah, it's like sitting like a sort of a hyper religious America where sort of religion's taken over control, I guess, and everybody has like these sort of set greetings that they sort of have to say, or they're sort of like marked as, you know, a concern, and it feels a bit like that. I suppose if we go into the way of the leaf now. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Well, I, I guess just a quick one. Um,. With regards to the grey-haired fella, um, first of all, he asks if the wolves will stay away. Yes. And Elias says, yeah, of course it will. You should know that by now. He doesn't take anything for granted. Um, And with regards to his relationship with the grey... Elias' relationship with the grey-haired fella, he says that they know each other. Perry asks if his name is Mardi, um, and Elias growls something in his breath and he says his name is Rayan. Um, and it's mad is his title, and he's a seeker, and he's the leader of that band. Yes. Just a little side note, because we've sort of, kind of, mentioned a couple of Harry Potter situations. Yeah. Obviously, he's a seeker, and the seeker plays a bit of a part in Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean massively, because... You know, I'm not suggesting that she's plagiarised it wrong because it's not like the same context or anything, no. but it's kind of similar vibes in it. Because even I wasn't, um, you know, not, not to mention it in another episode. I knew, I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> in, uh, Bring up your favourite book series again. In the Soul of Truth. <laughs> uh, 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'd say that's more of a one-for-one reference. Like, a, yeah, yes, that, yeah. And you know, it's just Almost a very plagiarizing. <laughs> it's, it's just a very literal name, though. Like, yes. he's looking for a song. He's looking for a golden snitch. The other guy's looking for. Truth? Question mark. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so like you know, but it's just it feels like this is, you know, peak fantasy terms. Yeah, a, a seeker in fantasy is it's it's, it's, it's commonly it. used, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just thought I'd just get into that little sort of hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. Or it's important to note that they do know each other as well, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. But yeah, sorry, you were going to say something. Well, we are. I was wondering if you want to go straight to the, the way of belief, belief yeah. Because I suppose we get a quick introduction to Rain's wife, Isla. Yeah. And Aram as well. Yeah. I mean. It's through Aram that we get the way of the, the, way of the leaf. Now, do you want to cover the way of the leaf or do you want to cover Aram? I suppose they're one of the same. Like we, we can get into the ball at the same time because we, we meet Aram and he goes straight to Egwene, doesn't he? He does. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, from what we can gather, he's, the only reason why he's even bothering with his grandparents that day is because Egwene's there. Yes, it doesn't seem like a regular thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what does he look he, he looks like a handsome fella. I think. A handsome fella. I think Perrin said that somewhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice uh, so in we get a bit of Perrin's perspective here. He says uh, he looked at the young tinker again. Aram had more than his share of good looks. He admitted. More than his share. <laughs> yeah. Um, and oh, he's a bit smooth, isn't he? He's very smooth, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, like. I've waited for the first rose of spring, and now I find it in my grandfather's fire. Yeah. Straight out of a romance novel, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and Perrin's, like, fully expecting Egwene to, like, take the piss out of him. Yes. That. And she doesn't. She does not. She is a fan of Aram, who Perrin likens to a guy called... <laughs> I thought this line was just, like, unnecessarily extra information. <laughs> Well, Will Alcee knew had all the girls snaring and whispering behind his back whenever he came up from Devon Ride to Evansfield. Will courted every girl in sight and managed to convince every one of them that he was just being polite to all the others. Wait, I suppose it's one of those where parents are like, hates him, but is also jealous of him kind of thing. Yeah. There's, there's always that guy, isn't there? But like, I, at this point, when I've been introduced to like, uh, Shadalo Goth and other things that just never went anywhere, yeah. I certainly don't need to know about fucking Will Alcine from back in the day as well. How do you know? Maybe Pivotal. I don't, well, let me say, I do not need to know about it this minute. <laughs> yeah. It's more just that, like... It's just a comparison. It, yes. It's that parents are like, I know this sort of guy. I know, I'm just being facetious, Tom. As a <laughs> Anyway, right, so we get... So Aaron's the first one to bring up the way of the leaf when he's talking about the way the dogs are trained, isn't he? Yes. Um, Perrin... Asking the dogs with hairs. Uh, this is a look as big as bears. I'm sort of rhyme that because I said it weird. Yeah, it did say it very weird, yeah. Um, and he's surprised that it's a children player with them. He says, They will not harm you. They make us sure to frighten away danger and warn us, but they are trouble. They're, sorry. They're trained according to the way of belief. Um, Do you want to go into what that is? Well, first of all, I'll just mention that the chapter symbol is a bunch of leaves. It is a bunch of leaves, yeah. Previously appeared in the wisdom. Yeah. 
So, I had a little bit of a theory, but not a massive one. Yeah, we love theories. Go ahead. Uh, and I, I, I've had a look back, and I don't, I don't know if I've got any bearing for this theory, but I, my belief was that the leaves meant wisdoms. Okay. That was my, my sort of first thought. However, I'm wondering if Min's maybe a tinker. Oh, okay. It's not Min's first appearance in the wisdom, but she is in it. Um, and then obviously we've got like the traveling people here and we've got another leaf chapter that's really all I've got I suppose I, I just had the thought going, going along oh with... and also yeah sorry what were you going to say well, what were you going to say first oh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say and also um, if you sort of think about maybe like the Romani people in like our world there's, there's sort of like a history of them being fortune tellers mm, yeah as well um, yeah, that's, that's, good, why that's, I like, that's why I think you did on to Min Specifically, because there's obviously there's quite a few people in that chapter that potentially the leaves could have met. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I wanted you to go first because you I always say something and you go, you just don't you know what I'm going to say. No. So the only thing I was going to mention was um, it's it's sort of mentioned a couple of times that Min dress is strange, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yes, that as well. I hadn't quite figured that far back, but yeah. No, you mentioned it. That's so. Yeah, so. So, are we putting that on the board, are we? Put on the board, leaves maybe mean travelling people. Okay. See, I'm not... See, so, Min's, Min's potentially a tinker, you think? Yes. I'm okay. not really happy with it, though. You're not as happy a, with it? <laughs> as a theory. As in there's not enough evidence, or you just don't like it? Um, it just... Both. Okay, okay. So, like, it doesn't feel like there's that much evidence, but when I think... If, it, if I think it mean If I think that tinker mean... Sorry. If I think that the, me, the leaves mean tinkers... Min had a more prominent role in the chapter before the wisdom, where she gave the um, sort of premonitions for yes. everybody, and then the next chapter she's in it, but she's not as prominent. Okay. So like, there's an element that if the leaves meant tinker and Min's a tinker, that really it should have been the one before, okay. not that one. Does do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it's always worth bringing up your theories, though. Oh, but like the one before was. The white sun because he had got into some shit with the oh what you call them white clocks. Thank you. <laughs> Ch- children of God. Children of the light. Ch- <laughs> children of God's a whole different. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's not get. We're not. We're not doing the true crime podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, like, there feels like there's a bit of a link, but it, it, it feels more tenuous. If it was like, say, if it was a chapter before, I'd be like, but it's already on the board now. This so. is what it is. I, I'm still sort of fairly happy with it, Okay. but I just think it's not as strong as a... It's not like my power theories with the old boom moving across and then him going okay, crazy okay. on the mask. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It's just a thought I've had. Uh, anyway, yeah, so then he goes on to describe the way the leaf... Um, Aram. He says, The leaf lives its appointed time and does not struggle against the wind that carries, carries it away. The leaf does no harm and finally falls to nourish new leaves. So it's a pretty passive lifestyle, isn't it? Yeah, so, so I mean, so <laughs> what does that mean, Perrin says? <laughs> it's very literal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, that tells me nothing. What does yeah. it mean? It means that no man should harm another for any reason whatsoever. There is no excuse for violence, none, not ever. Are you right over there? I'm good, I'm good. Have you spilled something? Just a little, because... <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a towel? There's just a little bit. <laughs> We're good. 
Dafty. That's up to you. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, I think he wants a bit more information still after that, doesn't he? Yeah, well, it, yeah. So it's we've got sort of explanation of the philosophy behind it, but what's it actually? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he sort of says, "Rain sighed a patient sigh," um, as if he like you know like I guess so, like when you talk to a child like all right. <laughs> This is obvious, but I'll tell you because. <laughs> but yeah, he says if a man hit me, I would ask him why he wanted to do such a thing. If he still wanted to hit me, I would run away as I would if he wanted to rob or kill me. Much better that I let him take what he wanted, even my life, than that I should do violence. And I would hope that he was not harmed too greatly. Um, and then there's a bit of a description about how, essentially. Well, Perrin's just struggling to sort of even understand this, isn't he? Because it, it's yeah. so alien to what he believes. Yes. Um, he said, well, well how, why would you wish no great harm on him if you wouldn't hurt him? Um, and uh, Rayan says, I would not, but violence harms the one who does it as much as the one who receives it. Yeah, I think th- I think this is about Perrin's struggles with, isn't it? Yeah. Like violence hurting the person committing it as well. Yes. You could cut down a tree of your axe. The axe does violence to the tree and escapes unharmed. Is that how you see it? Wood is soft compared to steel, but the sharp steel is dulled as it chops, and the sap of the tree will rust and pit it. The mighty axe does violence to the helpless tree and is harmed by it, so it is with men, though the harm is in the spirit. I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. Yes. Um, I think, again, I think it's just so unfamiliar. Yeah. And it takes explaining a couple of times, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah like... like I guess if you were to like make it like a modern day example, not even necessarily modern day, but like if you killed someone and then you get put in prison, like that's like I know they say it's damage to your soul, but like you've damaged yourself, you've damaged your reputation or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's a way of looking at it. Yeah, I, th- I, I that think it makes it's, sense. It's a burden, isn't it? Like you've got the guilt of yeah, yeah, that like sort of thing. Yeah, like it's like chipping away at you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think like I said, it's pretty straightforward. Um, and then Elias cuts him off um, and sort of mentions this sort of running away with the circus vibe that they've got amongst the uh, the, the people, everybody else in the world. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's basically says like, stop trying to convert these people. That's not why we're here. Yeah, sort of as we get into a sort of almost mini debate, don't we, between uh, Isla and uh, Elias? Yeah. And um, will you teach them your way? To kill or die, will you lead them to the fate you speak? You seek for yourself, dying alone with only the ravens and your your friends to squabble over your body. That's what Isla says to Elias. Um, it seems like so we 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 said about the contempt that Elias has for the tinkers. It seems to be just the same the other way, doesn't back. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, so like, what is this dynamic? Do they just have to be nice to everyone? Well, I guess was. If you're going to do no violence whatsoever, yeah, it again, I, I think that's what parents struggle with the same as you're struggling with now. It's like, what would happen if someone just attacked you? Well, what, what benefit does Elias have to not be a dick to them? What do you mean? Well, you could just go in and just kill them all if you want. You could, yeah, that, that's what they're saying. If, if someone did come in with that intention, they wouldn't stop them. Yeah, it just feels. I, don't know. I suppose what are your feelings on the way to leave is the question. 
know, it feels like you're actually going to be killed, to be fair. <laughs> it feels like you're, like you're welcoming death. It's it's a pacifism philosophy, isn't it? Like it's, yeah, yeah. Like, true pacifism. Yeah. I so as, far as, as far as, like, how does that sit with you? What do you think of the Tinkers? Uh, I don't like it. I, I'm not, I but don't, it definitely explains their wariness, doesn't it? Any, for me, anybody can live their life the way they want to live their life, but I could not live my life that way. And I'm not even, like, a violent person. <laughs> oh, wow. There was a look there that you gave me. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, yeah. I, it's definitely a... But if somebody punched me, I'd punch them back. Yeah, I suppose that's I would be like, oh, uh, why did you just punch me? Oh, because I think you're a dickhead, mate. All right, cool. Do you want to punch me again? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. I'll just run away. See you later. Bye. Just to be clear, like, I also agree, but I'm playing devil. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I'm also of the oh, opinion that, like, street cred's been fucking challenged. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's trying, to, trying to prove himself. But this is like a, it's like a sort of idealised um, view of the world, isn't it? Like, yeah, not sort of pacifism and non-violence is, should be the goal. Like, shouldn't it? That, that should be, like... A perfect society. Yes, it's yeah. a utopian vision, isn't it? But, like, it just... I think it butts up against reality, doesn't it? It's it's not... Yeah, the, it's the, not realistic. The problem with these kind of... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The problem with these kind of beliefs is that it requires, like, all or nothing yes. from everyone to be a success... Yeah, it only takes one person, doesn't it, to yeah. to ruin it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I do, I do think it's uh, admirable. Maybe it's it's it's. I'm not of the I'm not of the same opinion of Elias. Way he's, he's essentially just con, con idiots, con, isn't he? Con, contempt for them. Yeah, I'm not of that opinion, but I also think that maybe, maybe naive is the wrong word. But nah, I think naive is the right word. I feel like it's maybe morally strong or bold of them but like realistically na- naive I almost said naive there <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah, naive has got no problem hitting anyone <laughs> no she definitely is not for the way they leave uh, yeah but like in a real world situation it it's actually comes across more naive than moral I think I suppose if, if we call them naive I think, do we have to assume they've never dealt with violence what if you've dealt with violence and you still stick to this? You're not naive anymore, are you? Like, oh, okay. That's an interesting point. Um, no. Because I don't think they're sort of... They're not believing that they're going to just happily skip through life and never encounter violence. No. You're right. They're not just trying... I mean, there's... And they're not even actively converting people. They've said that themselves. They're not actively trying. They're not like the white cloaks trying to make everybody see their way. Yeah, we get a little bit from Rainier. He says, uh, how many times would I tell you we do not try to convert yeah. anyone? When village people are curious about our ways, we answer their questions. So they're not going out and sort of evangelising. They're this sort of like... They're just living their life. Yes. They answer questions. So, like, yeah, so like you say, they're not, if they were trying to convert everybody, then there would be an expectation that they'd maybe always feel safe. But they're not even trying that. They're just trying to live their life the way they want to live it. I don't know, mate. It's a tough one. You're right. It's probably not naive, but it's hard to think it's anything else. Yeah, it's you know it's. I mean? Again, it's it's something that should be strived. Like you should strive for peace. Like it's something that's. It's not a. A goal you shouldn't have. Yeah. But whether you are ever going to achieve this is another matter. 
But I suppose how do you achieve anything if you don't if you aren't the start of it? True. I mean, when was the last fight you had? How old am I now? Thirty-four. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> edit that. Edit that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I was about sixteen. <laughs> Start that again. But yeah, I mean, it's. I suppose it's different in our world as well, though, isn't it? I mean, I suppose violence in our world is less common than this world. I'm going to say, but even it feels like even in our world, this would be difficult. Yeah, because uh, I like. If you tell someone I'm never going to fight back, it's sort of inviting it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's one thing to not be, um, like, actively looking for fights. Do you you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And just living your life and not really having, you know, not really dealing with, with, like, uh, issues in a violent way. Do you know what I mean? And there's another thing to sort of be, like, announcing to everybody that you are never going to fight back. It's kind of, it, <laughs> it, remind, it? it reminds me of the uh, turn the other cheek sort of thing. We were talking about religion. Yeah. It's, it's very sort of turn the other cheek, isn't it? It's going back to that whole religion aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's, it's a weird one, like you say. I mean, I mean, I guess parents sort of hit it on the head later on when we get into some of this background story. Um, so are you sort of with parent allies here? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, as much as I said before as well, I was like, well, why doesn't Elias just go in and kill them all? <laughs> but, like, similarly, why would you? Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Elias, you know, he's a bit odd. But he hasn't sort of proven himself to be, like, a monster at this point. I mean, it might come. I don't know. But why would, like, he benefit from, like, fostering a relationship with him? Because, like... If he kills them all now, and the next people hear that, well, about him having done it, say, I don't know how, because he's killed everyone, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So then he sort of cut off any sort of trade options or support or in, in his own sort of nomadic lifestyle, so I guess that benefits him as well to not just go in and murder them as soon as he sees them. I mean, you'd have to be a special type of Yeah, and that to like you'd have to be an absolute villain. To just like these people who are saying that I'm never going to fight back, it'd take a special kind of dickhead to just oh, it, like, 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 just dings in your head, like, Yes, I will kill you all. <laughs> this is what I've always dreamed of. <laughs> I wanted to be a mass murderer, <laughs> and now I found the easiest way to do it. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't seem that again, it doesn't seem like they're sort of rich, does it? So, like, there's not much to tell, there's not much to, from that sort of angle, mm-hmm. but it's certainly an interesting philosophy, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I don't... I guess, would it be like Buddhism would be the, your sort of equivalency? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Although, hang on. Didn't, what were they eating? What were they eating? They made, they made some... Uh, they made a meal, didn't they? Super stew, wasn't it? Do we get what's in it? Because I suppose, I, just looking at it from the Buddhism angle, mm-hmm. that sort of hurt nothing, isn't it? Let me have a look. We'll move on. I'm just wondering, because like I said, with the whole Buddhism, I said, it, it, like, do they eat meat? Because, I mean, like, that is doing harm, isn't it? But I'm not sure if it's actually mentioned or not. We just get the dairy Institute, doesn't it? Anyway, it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, <I'm> still looking. <laughs> nah, fuck it. 
I can't, I can't find it. We'll, we'll move on. Yeah. It's got a good bit of silence to it all then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's laughs> but I don't think it's important anyway. Cool. Well, I'm glad we stopped. Yeah, I'm glad we stopped too. <laughs> I'm glad we stopped for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was your fault bringing up Buddhism. <laughs> was that my fault? <laughs> <laughs> you were like, do you were trying to like, yes and be. Like, no, I was just like, I was like, like well, oh yeah, because... This whole sort of doing no harm, it'd be interesting to see if they eat me, wouldn't it? Mm. I, feel like I, should, I feel like I should know this, but I'm not sure. I don't want to come down one side or the other if I'm not 100% certain. But yeah, um... But we get we get into sort of Perrin's view of this philosophy, don't we? Uh, yeah. We got that. This is I don't mean to offend you, seeker, but well, I don't look for violence. I don't think I've be I've even wrestled anybody in years except for feast day games. But if somebody hit me, I'd hit him back. If I didn't, I would just be encouraging him to think he could hit me whenever he wanted to. Some people think they can take advantage of others, and if you don't let them know they can't, they just go around bullying anybody weaker than they are. I mean, I don't know about you, but that, that's, that's a good point, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with your uh, perfect point. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just seems like logic, doesn't it, to me? I mean, yeah. no matter how much you profess passivism and it is the right way to do things, not everyone's going to agree with you. No. And you've got to live your life. Yeah. You, you know, but you can continue to live, <laughs> I guess, ultimately. Um and uh, Aram says, uh, some people can never overcome their baser instincts. Yeah, and he said it with a look at Perrin that made it clear he was not talking about the bullies. So we get a bit of, uh, we get a couple of sick burns here, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> so Perrin tells Aram, I'll bet you get to run away a lot. Yeah. And then Egwene comes back. I think it is interesting, Egwene said, glaring at Perrin, to meet someone who doesn't believe his muscles can solve every problem. Do you want to know what we know what says here? Yeah, I do want to know what this is. Egwene being a dick again. <laughs> I knew it was coming at some point. Just, what was the point in that? Genuinely, like, what was her point? She's with Perrin. Yeah. She's been with him from the fucking start. They've been friends for however long. She's now got Elias on side. Some fucking fancy boy rocks up, and all of a sudden she's like fucking dissing out one of the, like, the only fucking friends she's got left. I think, I, I think Egwene's just intrigued at this philosophy, isn't she? Yeah, but so she could have fucking dig out a mate for it. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how I'm going to defend this here, but yeah, it is a bit of a law blow, isn't it? Yeah, but it's unnecessary. She can like she can step in and be fucking neutral and say, like, all right, boys, can't you sit down? We've got different opinions. She'll have to come in and fucking literally side with... People she met fucking five minutes ago, <laughs> and not and not with a friend of fucking fifteen years. It's ridiculous. She's a fucking daft cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, honestly, well, this, this revelation's come out of the blue. I, don't <laughs> I, I've always, I've always had such high regard for her. I thought she was your favourite. <laughs> honestly, the more I talk about that situation, the more I was getting angry in my chest. I could feel it rising up. Uh, like, like it was absolutely unnecessary. There was no need for it at all. I suppose you could say that Perrin's coming at this company sort of uh, making jokes about people he's just met as well, isn't he? So like, well, I think Perrin's sort of coming from a point... I mean, I don't know why you're starting doing out Perrin yourself. No, but, I'm just saying. But Perrin's sort of coming with, like... It was, a, it it was a jab by Perrin, wasn't it? It was definitely yeah, a jab. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, I think Aram started it. 
Well, yeah, he, he understands it, yes, and they can't overcome their base or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, Perrin's just trying to understand. And Perrin's sort of trying to explain his point of view. Yeah. And Aram has immediately just said, oh, fuck your point of view. Yeah. You're a fucking imbecile, moron, <laughs> can't overcome your baser instincts. And Perrin's like, well, I'll fuck you right back. <laughs> and Egwene's like, oh, oh yeah, Perry's trying to understand something. Some guy's been snippy with him. Well, I'll take the fucking snippy guy's side instead. Yeah, I think they were... It's unacceptable. I think they were both having a couple of jabs. And no, 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 they, no. They, no, I mean, Perrin and Aram having a couple of jabs at each other. That think, was fine. I think Aram had a jab and Perrin retaliated. Yeah. And I think I think that could have been the end of it. Yeah. And then Egwene sort right. of yeah. stuck her arm in. Yeah, if Egwene fucking stepped in and said, all right, boys, calm your shit down, that would have been fine. Yeah. But she's picked her side, and for my money, she picked the wrong fucking side. It's definitely an interesting comment, put it that way. No, she picked <laughs> the wrong side. She's she not stayed here. We can't look. We can't have two people here and Egwene at the same time. <laughs> I've, I've got to be. I've no, got to be. So the, what uh, this means is I am winning this argument. <laughs> She, but she, she not staying here, as it stands. And she might change her mind later on. But as it stands, she she's planning. As it stands, she's planning travelling with Perrin and Elias. Yeah, yeah. She just absolutely fucking mugged him off. Yeah, a bit of a jab. Mugged him off. <laughs> she's mugged him off. She's fucking mugged him off. I think we should move on. Anyway. Oh yeah, like a Gwen does with fucking fancy boy <laughs> to go and fucking. Rock his fucking bones in the fucking tent next door. Daft cow. I mean, she goes for a bit of a dance. <laughs> Rock his bones, by the way. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> Rock his bones. <laughs> I mean, I clearly intended it to be vaguely sexual, but it, it means nothing. I'm going to rock your bones. <laughs> Don't say that to me. It's getting me all hot and hot and popping. <laughs> he, he says, well, all girls want to hear, I'll eat with mother. Come <laughs> <laughs> Gwen, let's go. We will we'll both eat, eat with mother. Yeah. yeah. First date. <laughs> the mother's. A triumphant smile at Perrin, because he's a little prick. Well, I think uh, his grandparents. Are, I, mean, uh, I, agree. <laughs> I, think, I think even his own grandparents think he's a little prick. He said it was his fault, not yours. Yeah, and that he's a troubled young man. Yeah, read. He's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that in the text, but you know, it's in the footnote. So it seems he he's although he professes the way of the leaf, it seems he finds it harder than he says. Yeah, well, I mean, it does literally say. Um, the young tinker's like when Perrin had his little job yes. back. His young tinker's face tightened away. Had nothing to do with the way of the leaf. I suppose if you were, if if you're gonna pick one sort of gender and age group that were gonna struggle with the way of the leaf, it'd be sort of adolescent boys, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, I would, yeah, I guess so. Wanting to prove themselves and all that. Yeah, especially in a, in a fucking patriarchy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no love. I just thought I'd drop a big word in it. It'd be cool. You've never been cool. And uh, and also, late, just as a side note, dropping big word, words in conversation is not the way to be cool. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the, those kids on street corners <laughs> shouting out the sorrows words. <laughs> yeah. The coolest kids. Discombobulated. <laughs> yeah. right, well done, mate. Yeah, good one. So. Where's your camera at? You, you, you're throwing me right off here. 
Aaron's gone to have tin with his mum. He's gonna rock someone's bones. Anyway. Like Wayne's rocking the bones. Uh, and Perrin asks what happens to somebody who can't follow the way. Yeah, we got we get a, a sort of capitalised name for them, don't we? The Lost. lost. <laughs> yeah. They go to live in villages. Uh, Doesn't say, like, it sounds really says, ominous. But yeah, they, they, they live in villages. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they wake up every morning and milk a cow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disaster. No, she says they cannot be happy, which mm. seems pretty judgmental. But. Um, yeah, but that's just religion, I think, isn't it? If you don't follow their beliefs, yeah. um, you ain't happy. Um, and I don't really have anything until Perrin almost falls asleep. Yeah, so the, the, he's sort of eating and chatting and he starts to doze off, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, Rayan says, have you visited Ed? Excuse me. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I'm there? not sure what that was, but anyway, we get to the story, <laughs> don't we? Yes. What's the story? Um, the, I don't know. <laughs> That's a bit of a fucking broad question. <laughs> I mean, this specific story. <laughs> So, uh, some Aeolman, isn't it? Aeol. Aeol. <laughs> That's one word, that man. Aeol. How do you say Aeol. What did I say? Aeol. <laughs> you made it two words. Ah. Oh, right. I put a gap in. Yeah. But I said, I pronounced it right. Just I left a gap. So, it's a story from the Aeol waste. Yeah. It is. And we get to some... So, we've heard of the Aeol so far as being a very dangerous place, haven't we? Yes. But some people, it seems like it's fine to cross it. Uh, they can enter the waste without being bothered. Galeman peddlers, if they're honest, and uh, the Tuatha... I forget this word again. The Tuathan. Tuathan, yeah. Um, and they cross the waste all the time. An merch- interesting little snippet here. Merchants from Kyrian used to, before the tree and the aisle. Wow, I'm so glad you read that out, because I was about to say Kehin. <laughs> it's yeah, it's one of those words that <laughs> is not pronounced how it's written whatsoever. Yeah. But it's Kyrian. Uh, yeah, so no merchants at all from Kyrian. Uh, so does that mean anything to you, before the tree and the aisle war? The, the tree rings a bell, you know. Uh, not the Aeol War, but the tree rings. Some- oh, wait up. Wasn't there a fucking tree of life given to somebody from... Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> See, I- I'm not sure what we know about this so far, so I'm just going to let you tell us. Um, there was... S- when a Tam I was having his fever rap, <laughs> and he, uh, he was talking about how there was a tree that shouldn't have been able to be passed on or had to take clippings from or some shit. I'm not a gardener. And uh, <laughs> he, they, they gave it as a gift to this king and it died? Something like that. And then that caused like a whole load of grief. That's really all I can remember. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not going to add to it because I'm not sure what we know yet. But Yeah, like because... I feel like you could maybe clear up some of what I've said, but you also then might start spouting some stuff from book 15. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it has been covered. I can't remember the names or anything, because I literally just now, when you you sort of put me in the spot when you mentioned the tree. If, I, if I'd thought about it myself, I'd have probably gone back and looked it up more, yeah. pro- more properly. But um, more properly good English. Um, yeah, but that's where, where I'm at. I think, with a tree. Sounds good. So we get that the Aeolman avoid the Tinkers. 
Yeah. Apart from this, this time seems different. Well, yeah, for, well, first of all, everybody answers that he worries that they might know the song, but <laughs> it's like the two people that never talk to each other and that they're yeah. actually both got exactly what the other one wants. <laughs> that's that's quite, a, quite a funny thing. Um, so I don't know whether just to read this out. I've got like, look, at this time, by the way, I've been so clever because I haven't just underlined all of this story. I've just put little brackets around the words. Oh, good stuff. So <laughs> Saving that ink. <laughs> saving that ink. Saving the planet. Yeah, go into it. Um, so, shall I just read it? Yeah. <clears throat> right, here we go. Uh, young Aiel often travel into the Blight. Some of the young men go alone, thinking for some reason they have been called to kill the Dark One. Most go in small groups to hunt Trollocs. Two years ago, a band of the people crossing the Waste, about a hundred miles south of the Blight, found one of these groups. Uh... And the young women, little more than girls. Aiel girls don't t- have to tend a house and cook if they don't want to. The ones who want to be warriors instead join one of the warrior societies. Uh, Far Darius May? May? The maidens of the spear. And fight right alongside the men. Um, the young women were all dead except one and she was dying. She crawled to the wagons. It was clear she knew they were to Tuatha and her loathing outweighed her pain. But she had a message so important to her that she must pass it on to someone, even as before she died. Men went to see if they could help any of the others. There was a trail of her blood to follow, but all were dead, and so were three times their numbers in Trollocs. So I feel like we maybe unpack that a little bit before, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before going on. So we get a little bit of info about the IU, don't we? Yeah, there's women that fight. Yeah. Um, they don't have to do anything they don't want to, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, we get the maidens of the speed. Yeah. How do you pronounce that thing I struggled with? Okay, I'm not sure it's correct, but it's always been far dry in my for me. Mm. It's got a nice little ring to it. Yeah. Um, far dry my. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. And yeah, is that it really? Oh, we got a cover from that little. Yeah, essentially that. Um, again, they don't usually interact with the tinkers that are bought. This one is sort of... Made a point. Yeah, she, she had a message so important mm-hmm. that she had to pass it on. So then I guess the next element is that the... There was three times their number in Trollocs that seems to have upset people. Not upset people, but... Um, there seems to be a shock to people. But it also sort of suggests that the Isle had to be messed with, doesn't it? No, but... The, uh, after, so this is like the next line, Elias... Uh, sat up his pipe almost falling from between his teeth a hundred miles into the waste impossible uh, some words and then <laughs> you know what I'm going to tell that <laughs> Jevic Kasha yeah see that's fine <laughs> Jevic Kasha <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's uh, what the Trollocs call the waste yeah um, the dying ground uh, and they wouldn't go a hundred miles into the waste if all of the Merdral in the blight were driving them so the fact that there was this many Trollocs in the waste is a shock in, yeah. in and of itself. Um, Perrin obviously notices that Elias knows some shit about Trollocs. Um, so the next sort of bit is the message. Do we need to say the bit before the message happens? It's just that the Trollocs had followed the eye, hadn't they? Yeah, and they were coming back from the yes. blight. Uh, and she, this is what she said word for word. Yeah. Leaf blighter means to blind the eye of the world, lost one. 
He means to slay the great serpent, warn the people, lost one. Sight burner comes, tell them to stand ready for he who comes with the dawn. Tell them, and then she died. I suppose what do you make of that? So, just like, I know that Leaf Blighter and Sight Burner are. So, uh, yeah, we get a bit of names for the dark one. Yeah. Um, so, he means to blind the eye of the world. It's not good, is it? <laughs> I mean, it sounds to really, I don't. I don't. We don't know what the eye of the world is at this point, do we? Uh, other than the title of the book, we have. Yeah, no well, idea. the title of the book, like, it's, I mean, it's been mentioned once or twice, but it's just like, oh, look, it's the eye of the world. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, but you know, it sounds to reason that if you're blind an eye, it's not good. Yes, it, it doesn't sound pleasant, does it? No. Um, they calls them lost one with a capital L and O. Yeah. Which is what the name they give the lost is the name they give to the people who leave yeah. the um travelling people. Yeah. So but she's actually telling it to somebody who is a travelling person, so that seems a bit odd. Interesting, yeah. Um and he means to slay the great serpent. Uh, so it's a warning essentially, isn't it? Yeah. And, and he who comes with the dawn, it feels like like you know like you know, like the coming of the Antichrist. So okay. like it's like getting. It sort of feels like if it, it if it was to blind the eye of the world and slay the great serpent, it would bring on the Antichrist, which would be he who comes with the dawn. So this he who comes with the dawn, you, what so you get sort of um, he's sort of like a head evil guy. Is that what you? Um no. No, because the Antichrist isn't a head evil guy, is he? He's son of the head evil guy. Okay, so... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. it brings on, like, a new world, a dark world. Okay. When he rocks up. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, he who comes with the dawn, and he sort of brings a new dawn with him, but it's a dark dawn. Okay. If that makes sense. So they have to stand ready for him. Yeah. Okay. And I, and then now obviously I feel like clearly like killing the uh, blind in the eye of the world and killing the great serpent is elements that are needed to be done to bring the new dawn. Okay. About. Interesting. <laughs> it just feels like words at this point, mate. You just say all the words. You know. um, I'll put them on the board. Yeah, I'm just trying to think what what the eye of the world might be. Um. Like the eye of the world, is it like? Clearly, it's looking. It's looking at what? Looking at the future. And the great, you know, the great great serpent's like he's sucking itself off. (laughs) Eating his own tail. We decided to say. No, did we? I decided to say. Um, Kill him. So like, you can't. So like, so just to imagine, like eye of the world. He looks at the future. Or looks at all possible events and like guides ways things should go. The Great Serpent is because it's eating its own tail, is forever. It goes on forever, if that makes sense. So you kill him, things don't go on forever anymore. You blind the eye, he can't see all the possible events. Oh, I think what's a bit like. You seem yeah, you're not a Marvel person, are you? I'm not a Marvel person. Well in Endgame. Is it Endgame? No, in the one Infinity War. 
Doctor Strange is like, oh, I've seen all possible possibilities, and this is the only way we can win. And if they are the world's like some kind of future looker, you blind him, they ain't gonna fucking win because mm-hmm. they can't have all those options available to them anymore. What does that sound like? It sounds like a lot of nonsense, doesn't it? I am just nodding along with the book. Right, I'm just along, but this is all good stuff, yeah. So yeah, maybe that, but nobody else even really knows what it means either. To be fair, nope. Um, they have a lot less to say about it than I do. To be fair, but they haven't seen Avengers: Infinity War, so that's probably on them. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't big in this film. That's what the, I think. The main thing that the uh, the trauma people are taking from this that they're, they're being called lost, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, they do mention that. Um, like obviously, we are the. Um, she called us the lost, um, and she thinks that they takes that as a, like a hatred of them. Yes. To be called the lost, and then like, we're not the lost, we're the found. <laughs> that, wow. should, that should be a line in this book. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Okay. I mean, there's, I mean, a, there's a reason it's not. Oh, right, Robert, get, <laughs> get a... your shit together. <laughs> I'll give you some tips. Um, yeah. So Elias thinks that must be something they learned in the blight. Because that's where they were coming from, wasn't it? Yeah. So do you think then that they've seen something in the blight that sort of... And then all these products as well. So you've got to account for the fact that we know that Trollocs, thousands of Trollocs... Is it thousands? Hundreds? At least hundreds. At least hundreds. Hundreds of Trollocs are like rocking up all over the shop with not really any real reason to explain how they're getting to these places and, and in the numbers that they're getting to. We then also find hundreds of Trollocs in the blight Sorry, in the Aeol Waste, but they've come from the Blight. Does it stand to reason, then, that the Aeol girls... Are the Aeol girls called Aeol men as well? Are they what? Because <laughs> it was a band of girls, wasn't it? Yes. Are they also Aeol men? I wouldn't have thought so, no. It's just, I suppose that's just sort of a, a blanket term, isn't it? So, Aeol men. You yeah. know how we say mankind. So that's sort of thing, Aeol, yeah. I'm worried to call them Aeol girls. Yes. <laughs> You call them maidens. That's yeah. Oh, yeah, the maidens of yeah. uh, mercy, death. Maidens of the spear. Yeah, that as well. <laughs> Close enough. Just call, them, just call them maidens. Maidens of death. It's <laughs> uh, a fucking metal band name. I was there throwing up, throwing up metal signs and that. So have they been in the blight, seen some of this trippy shit that's going on that's like setting them off, that's, you know, getting set in motion? So it's a little bit earlier. It said from trophies the Isle carried. It was obvious they were coming back from the blight. Yeah, so they've been to the blight. They've seen something. Whoever big bad is over in the blight's been like, right, we can't let them get them. Let them Isle girls get out of here. Send hundred trollocs after them, and we'll deal with it. So you saying they knew something or had seen something or? I think something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know something. They've seen something. They're they're on their way away. They've seen it and they're you know they're running away from it. Big Baz in the blight knows that they're getting away and has sent a load of trollocs after him. And I think it must be Big Bad because it says even hundred murderers couldn't have made them into made them go into that far into the Isle Waste. So somebody higher up, yeah, they sent them trollocs after him. Makes sense, yeah. And then to kill him, but the Isle girls have put up a pretty good fucking fight. To be fair. Um, and they haven't quite managed to completely stop any information getting out. Yeah. But for some reason, she's talking in fucking riddles. <laughs> <laughs> we right. do get that sort of Elias is of the same opinion, isn't it? That it doesn't really make sense. No. 
So you get um, Slay the Great Serpent, Kill Time Itself, and Blind the Eye of the World, as well say he's going to starve a rock. So Elias doesn't think this makes sense either. Yeah, he doesn't really believe it, does he? He just thinks it sounds like nonsense. Yeah. Um, uh, excuse me. Um, somebody said, I don't know who says this, she knew what she was saying and to whom she was saying it. Rayan, I think. Um, and then I am um, oh, sorry this has been awful I've been like I've done lots of other than that I've just <laughs> really read it dead slowly wait, wait, as long as we're hitting the important points of this conversation um, a lot of backwards and forwards but yeah and we get what Perrin thinks of this oh yeah sorry we've got, I've got this um, that when Ray and Sylai is walking into our camp I thought perhaps we would find the answer at last since you were and Elias made a quick motion of his hand and Ray and changed what he was being going to say to uh, uh, a friend and know many strange things. Mm, so what do you think that was about? Well, it feels like that's about the reason he didn't want to go to this camp in the first place from back in the start of the chapter. Yeah. So th- there's something he's not saying, isn't there? There's, yeah. Something he wants kept secret. Yes, from Perrin and Egwene specifically. Um... Yeah, that's why I think for this sort of aisle chat, isn't it? Yeah, so we get sort of what Perrin's thinking about it, though. He's trying to go over that message. Does it make sense to him? He gets that the eye of the world had been in his dreams. Yes. Reason like, think about those dreams, and then he thinks about what was Rayan about to say about the bearded man. Yep. And why Elias had cut him off. And then we get your favorite character returns. Yeah, it should be a long time. Perhaps <laughs> if she had fun, she ate with his mother. Lovely time to dance, laugh, seems like Travis is a dance. Lovely fucking time. Um, so, Gwen had a lovely time. That was just it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just summing up. I'm just summing up. Yeah. Um, Perrin says that it reminds him of uh, Will Alcine. And he tries to apologise, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but Graham says that Aram is a gentle boy who is fun to be with. He makes me laugh. But, like, she's still a daft prick because... Well, I mean, I think if we read a little bit th- further, we might get no, why no. she's not no, no. being herself at the minute. No. Because before she fucking sided with Aram, just, like, go back to that bit. <laughs> she, she now, like, I can believe that now she knows he's a gentle boy who is fun to be with and makes her laugh. But when she'd seen him for fucking five minutes before when he introduced himself and called her a spring flower, well, I and think, then suddenly again, sides with him. Again, I think Egwene's a bit emotionally raw at this moment, as we get, if you go a little bit further, you've stopped at a very opportune time to call out Egwene. Yeah? No, but <laughs> at the time that she chose to do it, she was being dickhead. <laughs> she has been ruled by a... I'm going to say she's got a lot on her mind. No, she... She'd be thinking about the old sexy time. <laughs> She'd be thinking about the downstairs. Have you read? Have you just skipped the last page of this? <laughs> She's like, yeah, he's, huh? give, he's giving me the old. Abruptly, <laughs> she flung her arms around him, weeping on his shirt. <laughs> I'm not letting you do. I'm not letting you go on with this hatred. Let's get some context. <laughs> She is. I feel like you've just like bl- got a black highlighter on and just sex away. mad. She's sex mad. <laughs> she's a harlot. <laughs> so, 
she hugs Perrin. Mm-hmm. And she's essentially sobbing. She, really she's into. sad that the others she, might be dead. Yes, she's very sad. And then uh, Perrin's like, yeah, all right, they're alive. And then she goes to bed. She's she's very upset that they might not have made it, isn't she? She needs to be told. Yeah, I mean, life. she's upset after a fucking fancy boy. <laughs> <stuff from there. laughs> yeah. Well, she's got her fill. She's upset. She's very upset. She's she's very emotional. She, I think I feel like she just wanted this distraction, didn't she? I disagree. Well, we know you disagree. But yeah, um, and then Perrin basically goes to bed thinking, "Oh, well, at least I want to think about them wolves for a little while." But they all start rocking up in his dream. Yes, that's the end of the chapter. They were waiting to greet him in his dreams. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, so rocking up he did, in his dreams. Yeah, he doesn't even. He doesn't just like roll it does it. It's like they were waiting. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we've been expecting you, Mr. Yeah. Perrin. Oh, perfect little boy. <laughs> it's not a line in here, but it's implied, I think. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you wrote it, that'd yeah, be I'm, I'm, every time I'm, I'm not, not going to let you. I'm not going to let you gloss over this Egwene stuff. We need to take a bit more look at Egwene. That she's again, she's very emotional at the minute. Oh yeah, but Perrin's going for the same. Yeah, you're, you're saying she's she's just like blah blah blah. She's just wants to go and have a dance with Aaron, but no, she's yeah, she's but, very worried about her. But friends. Perrin's going through the same shit. And he's not being yeah, a fucking dickhead to Egwene. I mean, that's just. He's a, not being I think a, to the, I think, the longest. What do we know? What do we know about? What do we know about Perrin? He thinks things through. <laughs> Egwene's a very passionate character from what we've seen so far. I hate Perrin and Egwene chapters, by the way, Why because I hate like, both the characters, and you love them both. So, like, again, I just feel again, like we're I've, both like I've never said I love Egwene. I just think we need some. Um, uh, <laughs> I think we need some balance. And then I think, like, uh, I, then I start, like, getting both feet in on Egwene or, well, Perry, and then, but then I kind of have to then start defending the other one, and I hate it. <laughs> no, like I said, I just think we need some balance. No, I disagree. And I think I think the end of this chapter, sort of... I just don't think it's enough. What's well, not enough? She thinks all her friends are dead. Yeah, and she's been thinking it for the fucking <laughs> last five days. Yeah, and she's... And then all of a sudden, some fucking fancy tart man rocks up, and she's suddenly like... <laughs> Oh yes, let's forget about all my dead friends and I'll go and fucking laugh. It's a, dis- it's a and distraction. I'll, I'll forget about my dead. Yeah, no, I get that. I'll distract myself from my dead friends, but absolutely. What, she, what, what, no, she, what do you want her to do at this point? I don't want her to fuck off the only friend that's still alive. That's what <laughs> I, I don't want from her. I don't think she's she's not fucking him off in quotation marks. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was one comment. Yeah, yeah. And she actually fucking it absolutely dug him out. We've, we've already seen Perrin sort of. You you don't need to ride the horse. Uh, sorry, you don't need to walk. You can ride the horse all the time. It's parents try to be very sort of chivalrous. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to say chivalrous. <laughs> I was gonna say, he's, he's been very dismissive so far, hasn't he? Because he's the man, right? And I think there's just a bit of pushback on that point. I just don't think the pushback uh, at that. Pu- but look, she ain't again, got, I don't think she's she ain't being got totally problem, She has not got a problem pushing back because she's a fucking daft bitch the entire town. <laughs> she pushes back fucking left, right, and centre. It's not. It's not about. It's not like uh, he's been. And Perrin, by the way, he's a. It's not like he's been like put, telling her how to be, and she's just been like a meek little woman accepting it. She tells him fucking straight think, back. What's what? I think it's very important to mention that this is all Perrin perspective too. You're a little shit. How dare you do that? We have, How dare we, we you start losing an argument? And we start have no, 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 no. Bringing we, in shit in your that you because we're going from what parent thinks. This is all what parent thinks. We haven't seen the coin's point of view. Yeah, and I'll and I haven't seen it, but you have. We don't know how. We <laughs> so, don't know how emotionally how, affected the coin is. You have or you haven't. And what you've done now is cast doubt in my mind because that's, I, that's what I'm here for. You baby. might know some shit about it. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. 
Look, she's not a sympathetic character right here. Okay. Like I said, I just think it needs to be a bit of No. This isn't me saying Egwene's the best thing ever. This is me attempting to create some balance in this narrative. Because at the moment, it's just Egwene is the, is the worst character in this book, including the dark one. The dark one has had very little to do with my life at the moment. <laughs> i got no problems with him. He's over there living his life. It's not affecting my life. He can keep doing keep doing you, guy, you know? Egwene. Egwene on the other hand. Just, you know, shut up for a second. Like, and not even shut up because you're a woman. You know, if you start saying it's a fucking podcast, what's it called? <laughs> the incel podcast. The incel podcast again. It's not because she's a woman. It's because she's a dickhead. Okay. Breathe. <laughs> you know what really <laughs> weaves my wheels? <laughs> Is it a Gwen by any chance? <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. in a fucking pal naive as No, well. I will say you do. It's not. It doesn't seem to be a gender thing because you do love Moraine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you an out to this. <laughs> oh, I've got Armorik and Min. Min's fine. Yeah. I like the. Um, what's she called? I can't remember her name. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> um, but no, I, just, like I said, I just think we need to keep. The innkeeper's him. wife. The innkeeper's wife. So you only know her in relation to her husband. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. So, so, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I've stepped into a nest of snakes. <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> but no, like I said, I think it's important to know that we haven't seen the Gwen perspective. And like I said, she uh, she has just potentially lost all of I mean, you want... You, do we get ever in perspective? Ever? And a Gwen perspective? <laughs> no, I don't want to. I'm not talking about her anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, the Gwen perspective. I'm not going to confirm that. Either. How many times have I mixed up a Gwen and a Marin? Lots. 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 all the time. I think it's the name. Which it's weird since you love one and hate the other. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. mix them up so much. Yeah, it's the names, to be fair. Because I'm always, Marin's always in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, should we chat about this chapter symbol then? Yeah, we should. Chapter 26, Whitebridge. You'll definitely know this symbol because you've seen upwards it's of... It's a loot! <laughs> <laughs> you've seen upwards of 40 harps in your lifetime. No, yeah, it's a harp. Um, previously seen in chapters of the Gleeman and Flight Down the Arenel. So what are we thinking here? Uh, Random Man and Tom. Sounds, uh, like, sounds like a good one. Yeah. They get to Whitebridge. Well, we already <laughs> know that. got that from I the mean, title. Yeah, we know Whitebridge is sort of a, a destination we're heading for. So. And the title's got, the chapter's called Whitebridge. So. This is a, one of the less cryptic <laughs> titles and, and symbols. <laughs> what have I written here? <laughs> <laughs> Another, yes. Sorry. Um, so Randmart and Tom get to Whitebridge. Another new place to learn about. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We may even stay here for a bit. Yeah, we might stay here for a fucking half a night and then, <laughs> and then never mention the place again. Just for a laugh. Oh, let's, let's wait and see. So, yeah, it feels pretty straightforward. Like, Catch you all next time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bye. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Spiel of Time. You can share any thoughts or questions with us at Spiel underscore time on Twitter. We also have an email, Spiel of Time podcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for more Wheel of Time. <laughs>